So in astrological traditions, the force that keeps habits in place reaches its weakest point at the winter solstice. So right now, we have an opportunity to break some of our habits that we may want to break. This is a time when we're most ready to reprogram the mind, to release old habits of being, and claim our natural knowing, that primordial light within in the pr that we know in the precious darkness of our birth. According to these traditions, this is a time when light and dark are in transition, one trajectory changing over to another, a time when we can take stock of our tendencies and bring ourselves into balance. The year, this year, the turning point, when the sun begins to return and our days grow longer, is 6.03 p.m. for us in the Eastern Standard Time. Winter solstice celebrations like the one our women's ritual group is offering to the entire congregation this evening, beginning at 6 with a potluck, celebrate the return of the sun and the opportunity to take in the nourishing darkness to welcome the light of our being. David Fiedler, modern philosopher and cosmologist, writes, to be fully alive is to be engaged with the rhythms and patterns of the natural world. But to be fully human is to reflect upon and celebrate this relationship. We're connected to the rhythms of the world. When we notice them, we come more into the basic essence of ourselves. When times are darker, we seek one another to create lightness of being through celebrations, gatherings around fire, and festivals of light. What is important about celebrating the dark and honoring the return of life is the interplay between light and dark, recognizing that both make up this world not as opposites, but as elements that intertwine and enhance the other's being, like joy, and sorrow. There's not just black and white and a proverbial gray in between. There is a dynamic interaction between differing elements which need one another to thrive. The classic yin and yang symbol of Taoism, which is a, a round circle with a sort of uh, a divider that's curved, and one side is black and one side is white, and then there's a little black dot in the larger part of the white and a little white dot in the larger part of the black. This bit of light in the dark and bit of dark in the light is the dance, the dynamic of seeming opposites. But really, if we look beyond our binary thinking of black and white, good and bad, present and absent, we intuit, our intuition knows that there is a relational depth that cannot be fully defined. That we don't want to choose one or the other, that there needs to be an integration of both, that both need to be honored and celebrated, lived. Therein lies the mystery, therein lives eternal creativity. The rainbow shows its light by being reflected on the dark dust of the world. 
The dark night sparkles as the gaseous light from stars illuminates our view. A sorrow is known more deeply because of a joy that opened our hearts. A joy is allowed in because of a sorrow descended. Hearts are easier to open when we know we can survive loss. Sun is better survived if there are shadows to rest in. We know that when, there's dark, when we paint dark circles under our eyes to help the eyes in the very hot sun, when there are veils over us to protect us from the sun, that is knowing the integration of light and dark. Darkness is better known if there are moments of illumination. A saying attributed to Muhammad, God has 70,000 veils of light and darkness. If he removed them, the brilliance of God's face would burn up all that met God's look. God has 70,000 veils of light and darkness. It's important that we balance the dark and the light, not by neatly categorizing them, but by letting them flow through our lives. We learn from darkness. We birth anew from darkness. We recognize through the light. We come to life through illumination. I was wondering if for a moment, just for a little while, we have a little bit of time, if anyone has a thought or an image that they'd like to share, either about cherishing the dark or cherishing the light, it would be wonderful to hear a bit of that interchange. Do you have an image when you've cherished the dark or cherished the light? But um, I remember the, the first time, like since I was little, going out to the country and seeing fireflies at night, mm -hmm. which I remember when I was a child seeing fireflies at night when we lived out in the country. And they were huge in my memory, and I thought I must have been crazy. <laughs> and then I saw them for real and saw how bright they were against the day. And the reason that you don't see it like that in the city is because of all the light. Yeah. Thank you. When my son was really little and he would wake up in the middle of the night and keep me up for hours, um, although I was exhausted, um, sitting there with him in the dark, that was when I did my most thinking and, and just kind of being. I really valued that. When we were in Acadia National Park in Maine, my husband woke me up at 2.30 in the morning and I thought he was insane. And he took me out to share the darkness and the stars that we can't see here. And it was just a, an absolutely wonderful moment to share with him. And it was something he remembered from childhood. 
have always um, really enjoyed like going out to see the full moon and yeah. just being somewhere quiet and dark and being able to just really get a good view of the moon. My dad never wanted us to be afraid of thunder and lightning. And so we had a glassed-in porch. And whenever there was a big storm, we would all go out and watch it. And it's interesting because I get all excited when they have thunder and lightning. <laughs> and Larry's under the table. Niall and I went up to my mother-in-law's house in the Catskills, which is out in the middle of nothing. And we got there late, like 8, 9 o'clock or something, and we decided to take a little walk. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was really dark. Yeah, this, this time of year, it's just the contrast, the darkness, and the lights on people's houses. There's, there's a certain joy it brings me just to see that shift, that contrast, to honor the darkness and bring your own light to it. Hmm. When I was growing up, we um, did a lot of camping, and um, I was taught to not use a flashlight unless I really needed it. You know, you get your eyes adjusted and you can see really easily in the, in the dark. There's, there's light from the moon or the stars. And so I taught my kids that. And my husband thought I was crazy, and he still pulls out the flashlight whenever we go anywhere. But my kids are pretty good. They, they still walk in the dark sometimes, which I think is important. Cherish the dark. Cherish the light, honor the interchange. Therein lies the seeds of creation and our belonging in this mystery. So may it be. Amen.